0: This is the SETN Podcast with Chris Forth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area, the SETN Podcast. Welcome in this week to SETN Preps. Chris Goforth, Chandler Morrison, glad to be with you. We do it twice a week. We come to you every Monday with a look back at Friday night's action. And then on Thursday, we take a look ahead at uh, this coming week's action. That's what we are here to do today. And uh, also glad to welcome in our friends listening on the radio on WSDQ in Dunlap and WEPG in South Pittsburgh. So Chandler, if you are ready, sir, let's uh, let's hop into it and talk a little bit about uh, this week of games. It's going to be hard now to top the list of games that we had last week. And I'll be honest, it is tough. Uh, For as good as last week was, this is one of those weeks where I just kind of looked at the schedule and went, meh. You know, there's just not some of the games that we had hoped we would have. You know, that Marion County-Tiner game, which I thought would have been big. We're not going to get that this week. So it's not exactly the same, uh, the same schedule this week that we thought we might end up with. But uh, it's hard to believe, man. This is going to be, we are going into week five, Chandler. So we are, for the teams that played in the first week of the season, they're playing their fifth game tonight
1: we're in week five of a season that everybody said shouldn't happen. Everybody's or the doubters said shouldn't happen, that everything was going to just fall off the walls. And, you know, Chris, I know we've had our ups and downs. We've had some games canceled. It just happened to be some crucial games to both region and rivals so far. But I think so far, you know, knock on wood, we've not had too many issues and hopefully we won't um, going forward. And, you know, I, I think, the, the, the farther along this season goes, Chris, the closer we are going to be to being, I guess, I'm not going to say the closer we're going to be, but but the, but the farther we are away from the initial kind of shock of everybody being together and, and that COVID kind of spreading. I think the more sometimes people get together uh, as far as football and stuff like that, the more that stuff can kind of ride its course. You don't want anybody to get it, but it can kind of ride its course and kind of get out of the football circles.
0: Well, I really feel like we need to celebrate the good stuff that's happening. Let's embrace this sport and yeah. and the fact that we can actually play this now. You know, I don't understand how you can be one of those people walking around all the time with the sky is falling type of mentality. I you know, I pray for those folks because that's uh to me, that's no way to go through life. There's no reason right now in my opinion to be other to be anything other than positive where it comes to high school football. So with that being said, let's get into it. Let's start with our game of the week this week. We're going to Finley Stadium this week, Chattanooga Christian and Boyd Buchanan to get things going on Friday night. Chandler, this is a game to me that I find really interesting because I really don't feel like I know anything about either one of these two teams. Like I don't know what either one of them are. You know Boyd Buchanan. On paper, they look really good. They get they got a returning quarterback and Eli Morris. There's Jamichael McGoy who's a wide receiver that I think a lot of college teams want him to come play for them. They got a tight end, big time tight end, and Carson Gay, who's being recruited by everybody. I feel like they should be better, but then they've only played the one game and they were blasted by Knox Webb. I don't know who Boyd Buchanan is. I know who I, who I think they are. But I don't know who Boyd Buchanan is. Same thing goes with Chattanooga Christian. We're four weeks into this season, and Chattanooga Christian's only played one game, and that was against Baylor, and they got hammered. So this is a show-me-something game for these two teams.
1: Yeah, and Chris, I think you're right on the money with this one. I think that – and here's the thing. With both of these teams, we're going to learn a lot about them really, really quick. When you think about the fact that you know both of these teams are going to be going into the meat of that region schedule – they're going to see a lot of tests, are, you know, here in the next few weeks. You know, Chris, I, I think for me, when I look at Boyd Buchanan, I, I think of a team that I don't know. I, see, I, I can sit there. I could say, well, you know, CCS is still on a good track. I mean, they play Baylor, I mean, for crying out loud. I mean, anyone's gonna, I mean, Baylor is one of the best teams to say, state, if not the best team in the state until proven otherwise right now. Uh, to me, when I look at that boy Buchanan, I think it was a shock that they lost to a team they probably should have been at least in the ball game with Chris. Um, and I'm not trying to harp on them or anything like that. I just think that when you look at this, this is week one, Knox Webb had a couple had a game or two before that. I, you know, I, I've always I've always been sitting there since that game and saying, you know, don't put the panic button on boy Buchanan. Uh, and I'm still not Chris. I just wonder. If, if maybe having a week there and then you had the game that I think it was forfeited last week against North Georgia on North Georgia's end, so then you kind of got that news early in the week, so then you could just shift your focus to CCS, you know, and CCS had another week to, to, to do that too as well. I wonder how much of the kinks in the offense, kinks in the defense that you were able to fix in, uh, in, in, that, in those two weeks. Um, and I don't know if it's going to be enough for Boyd Buchanan seeing that CCS kind of had the same opportunity. Uh, they get clobbered by uh, Baylor, and then all of a sudden you turn around you have two weeks to prepare for Boyd Buchanan. So uh, I think this, this could be a, end up being a tight game if Boyd Buchanan is, in fact, you know, just had that one-game mishap, I guess you could say.
0: These two teams have got to be tired of hitting each other. Right. I mean, (laughs) neither one of them has played a lot of football yet this year. So uh, I would think uh, these guys are tired of practicing and they should be ready to compete against somebody else. And, And I'm interested to see exactly what each of them have. Come Friday night, so we'll find out. That is our game of the week this week. It's Chattanooga Christian School at Boyd Buchanan, and a game moved to Finley Stadium because that's a pretty big crowd when those two get together. Another game involving uh, a couple of private schools out of the Division II classification in Tennessee, Innsworth at Baylor. I've said it since back in the summer that I thought Baylor and Macaulay were not only two of the best teams in our area, I thought they were the best two teams in all of Division II. This is going to be the first real test for Baylor. They smoked CCS and Central by a combined score of 110 and 17. Now, Innsworth is, this isn't the same Innsworth team that we have seen from them in years past. This Innsworth, is not a, they're not a state title contender you know, they went eight and four last year, got put out by Macaulay in the second round of the playoffs. So I think that's probably who they are again. You know, they're they're gonna be kind of a dependent on how their schedule falls, somewhere around a six, seven win team. I think Baylor's a lot better than that. It's a good test for Baylor, but this is the team, again, that Baylor needs to beat and beat handily. Because I fully believe that the rest of the state is sleeping on Baylor. I don't think they're getting the credit they need. Baylor gets an impressive win here. They're three and and0 going into a bye week, and then they got two weeks to get ready for Macaulay at Finley Stadium. I think it's an important game for Baylor. Number one, to get the win. Number two, beat them to the point that you send a message to the rest of Division two.
1: Chris, I know you're, bay- I know you're sounding the alarm, but I think a lot of people are still going to get to the- hit the snooze button, not because this game is not going to be a a good game or anything like that. But, Chris, I'm on the other side of this. I say let people sleep on Baylor. I mean, I know I'm probably a little biased here being in the Chattanooga area. Let them sleep on Baylor. You know, I I think with our teams, and I'm going to say this, the teams in our area, when people start to hear the hype for the teams, that's when they start to struggle sometimes because everybody says, all right, you're good. And they say, yeah, we're good. And then all of a sudden you turn around and and maybe not a meltdown or anything, but you lose a game that you shouldn't. Uh, You stay at a close game that you shouldn't. Um, you know, I, I think with with Baylor, the best thing for them would be to win against Ensworth by about two, two-and-a-half touchdowns. And, and not because I don't want to see them get blow, blow, blow them out, because I think we all want to see that. But I think if you're Baylor, let people sleep on you. Let them keep hitting that snooze alarm, and eventually they're not going to be able to hit it no more. It's just going to keep going off until they have to get up. Um, so, I, you know, I'm on the other side of that, Chris. I think this could be a game that if, if Baylor – I I don't think Baylor's going to overlook a game this early in the season, but I think it's one of those games that if Baylor's not careful, they could be in a close game, maybe not lose the game. But be in a closer game than they
0: expected. Now, here's a couple of notes on Ensworth. One, they've got a new starting quarterback this year. Number two, they've got a, a senior wide receiver in Andre Turrentine, who's an Ohio State commitment, and they've got a linebacker that's committed to Memphis. So they've got a couple of big time players uh, still at Ensworth. So again, I, I know I'm saying don't sleep on Baylor, but Baylor better not be lo- uh, overlooking Ensworth. But I do think that's a team uh, they should be able to get the win against. Pretty easily. How about Ottawa against Bradley Central? Let's talk about that one now. As the Owls travel up the road to take on uh, Bradley Central, Bradley a disappointing loss on the road at Fairgate to open up the season, and then since that time, Chandler, I think they've played really well. Had a tight win over a county rival in Walker Walker Valley. Got a region win over Heritage. They had a two touchdown win over Bearden. And it's been a tough year for Bradley. We've talked about this. They thought they were going to have a D1 commitment at wide receiver and a D1 commitment at quarterback coming into the season. One kid left the team. The other kid got hurt in week one. And this has been a challenge. You put those two kids on the field for the full game, they don't lose to Farragut by four points. Mm -hmm. I think this is a really important week for Bradley. You need to win this game. you got Cleveland and Maryville coming up. You've got a bye week, and then you go Cleveland, Maryville, back-to-back weeks. That's a tough, tough road. So a big rivalry game, obviously, Bradley and Cleveland. And then you're going up against one of the best, if not maybe the best, program in the state in Maryville. So big challenge for Bradley Central, but they got to get through this week. First, Ottawa already has one region loss. You lose this week, and the Owls would have two region losses, and you've still got Mariville to play. And at that point, Chandler, when you go down and you've got three region losses, because they're not beating Mariville you get three region losses, you're just hoping that you can try to find a way to be able to get that fourth playoff spot.
1: Yeah, and, and a couple of things here on Bradley Central. One... Is, is, you know, I, I was talking to, to Prep Weekly this past week, and they asked me what's different about Bradley Central. I said, well, I feel like Bradley Central has been able to close out and finish games better than they have in the past, and they've still got a really good team, even without their two D1 prospects. So, Chris, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of people looking around and imagining what if they did have those two prospects, what this season would truly look like, because honestly, Chris, I mean, they're doing a pretty daggum good job with what they got in that next man. Mentality. Now, here's the other thing: you want to focus on the game, Chris. You want to focus on what you can control, but you also want to focus on optics a little bit. You know, you have Min County last week. What did they do to Ottawa? They obliterated them, at least late in that game. Um, and for for Bradley Central, I think you look over and you say, "Well, but Min County is probably our equal in this in this region." We're playing Udaaw around the same time that they are, just a week a week apart from each other. If we've got to step up and, and make sure everybody knows that we mean business. Because I think sometimes the optics are more important in high school football than than say than, than sometimes what you do on the field. Because if, if you're intimidated or you're worried about a team before you even get into that game, there's an issue. There's going to be issues on your end. But there's also going to be some trouble because maybe you don't know what to expect, or maybe you're just freaking out a little bit over it um, as a player out there on the field. So I think Brad the Central has got to look at this game and say, listen, we've got to go out here and win. Now, we're not focused on winning big, but if we can win big, let's go ahead and do it. Let's let's show them that we're right up there with Men County. We may just do it a little differently than they do. And I think you're right. I think if Utawa, you know, loses this game, I, I don't think they're out of the playoffs, Chris, but it's going to be a dogfight down the stretch. And, and I think, you know, you know, they're not going to beat Maryville. They've already lost in Men County. If they can get a win over Bradley Central, that might just be enough to solidify a spot. But I think they're just going to be in a fight for their lives down the stretch with, with Cleveland, Heritage, and William Blunt trying to get that last playoff spot just like they were trying to get that last playoff spot last year. And it ended up coming down to games that weren't even a part of the region last year, Chris, right. if you remember right. Yep. So.
0: Yep. Let's move on. Let's get to our next game. Sequatchie County. At East Ridge. Chandler, I'm going to let you talk a a little bit about Sequatchie County because I know you got a lot of familiarity there, but uh, hopefully they have finally turned, maybe kind of turned the corner on this season. Austin McCurry went for 100 yards, had two touchdowns last week. They got great play from their front on defense last week and shutting out Hickson. So hopefully Sequatchie County's kind of turned things around a little bit after a rough start to the season. East Ridge is yet to beat a good team. They've beaten a 1A team in Sail Creek. They lost to a very good 2A team in Bledsoe County and a very good region opponent in East Hamilton. This is a winnable game, I think, for East Ridge. I think Sequatchie County is better, but I think this is a winnable game still for East Ridge. They got to have somebody make plays for them. And they've got to do a better job offensively. Their schedule at East Ridge, the schedule they've got, is very much backloaded with region games. So this is a non-region uh, game for them. They get East Hamilton early in the year, and then everything else. Uh, I don't think they even start region play again until October, and then they'll finish out the year with uh, with region games. So it's a winnable game. I think it's a I think it's a winnable game for both sides. I feel like Sequatchie County. Maybe a little bit better here, but again, these are two teams where it's kind of like what we talked about with Boyd Buchanan and Chattanooga Christian. Show me what you got. Show me who you are and what your identity is now because this is week five. Now is the point in time in the season where we need to separate the good from the average or the good from the great. So which are you going to be?
1: Yeah, and Chris, I think, I think with East Ridge, too, I, it feels like, at least with, with Sequoia County, it feels like they've got some momentum. We feel like a different team than maybe they did in week one, especially after that Marion County game where it was a tight game. You know. For East Ridge, um, I, I don't know that they've shown a lot of progress, and that's, that's what's troubling for me when I'm looking at this game and thinking, can East Ridge get a win here? I'll say this, Chris. You know, you got two losses to Valley Rivals for Sequatchie County. You've got you've got the Hickson game and the Cannon County game. And let's face it, uh, neither one of those teams have been rather hot this year. Uh, Hickson 0-4. Um, I believe Cannon County you know, not got a great record. I can't remember right off the top of my head what they've got. Uh, Sequatchie County really hasn't beaten a great team this year either. And, and that game against Hickson last week, it's a 21-0. And I want to, you know, I'm not trying to make excuses or anything, but there were eight turnovers total in that game. Uh, our, our very own John Boston was at that game, and he was texting me live updates. Uh, there were more. There, were, he was texting me more updates about the fumbles and the and the and the turnovers than he was about the actual scores in that game. To me, it was also a rainy game. You know, that's that's what contributed to the turnovers. I'm not saying that that, that would have been a lot more points, but with Sequatchie County, they haven't really shown us what they can do. They haven't beaten the quality opponent. East Ridge haven't beaten the quality opponent. The big thing about this game and why it matters, Chris, is because when you look at common opponents, you look over who have both Bledsoe County and Sequatchie County played, or, and that would be East Ridge. So I think this is a good measure of the game for Sequatchie County in the sense that East Ridge really hasn't, I don't think, progressed as much as a lot of teams have from the time they played Bledsoe County a couple of weeks ago until now. So I think this is a game we're going to look at, and it it, it could be a tie game, and it could also tell us exactly how that rivalry with Bledsoe County and Sequoia County is going to go, but we know it's going to be close anyway, Chris, and I believe – you got. I, I believe that you 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 might be at that game this this year. Am I right?
0: I think that is the uh, plan, from what I understand. I think uh, the ink is dry on the paperwork, and so Friday Night Rivals will have the uh, Sequatchie County and Bledsoe County game uh, on the CW Chattanooga, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, familiar with both of those programs, and uh, you know, looking forward to being able to get over there and broadcast that game. I think uh, you know, certainly looking forward to seeing. That Bledsoe County team, which has been so good uh, here in the early part of the season, I'm looking forward to being able to see those guys in person. So, looking forward to it. All right. It's
1: let's, a treat, Chris.
0: Let's <laughs> uh, let's move on. Our final game we're going to talk about this week is McCauley and Knox Catholic. Now, a couple things here. One, McCauley can't afford to have the letdown, right? You come off that nice win last week. They beat a good Calhoun team last week, 38-22, after being... Set back by Brentwood Academy and then they had the whole deal there you know they were supposed to play a, a, a team uh, Bishop uh, Sycamore from Ohio last week that game ended up that team wasn't going to travel because of COVID reasons so Macaulay was left scrambling to try to find a game they found Calhoun and ended up getting a win against Calhoun good job that's a good win for Macaulay now This time they step back into region play. They're 0-1 right now in region play. Don't forget, they lost to Brentwood Academy. So this is a region game against Knox Catholic. Here's what we know about Knox Catholic. They are not as good as they have been. All right, you don't send guys. Look, they sent an offensive lineman in Brent Tucker to Clemson. They sent Cooper Mays to Tennessee. They sent another guy to Austin P. And they sent their kicker to Western Carolina. This is not the same kind of team that they have had before. Uh, now they're still very good, and they've still they've got a big offensive line on offense. Even though they graduated those guys that we just talked about off that offensive line, they've still got some size up front, so they're going to be big. I think it's a good challenge for McCauley. But McCauley's awfully big up front too, especially with the with, with both of the gentle twins uh, on that offensive line. McCauley's got size, they've got strength, they're able to move people out of the way, and I think that's going to be key. I, I would expect B.J. Harris, McCauley's running back, who went for two oh six against Calhoun, I think he could probably put up another two hundred yard performance on Friday night against Knox Catholic.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right on this one, Chris, where, where it could be a, an easy trip-up game for, for McCauley. Because I think Knoxville Catholic, you know, are they as good as they are last year? I don't know. But uh, I, I do know that with McCauley, you know, you had the two games back-to-back. And by the way, Chris, you got to think about this. Those two games against Brentwood Academy and, and Calhoun, those have got to be dra- – I mean, I know you ended the Calhoun with a win, but they've got to be draining
0: on you. Oh, no, you're Calhoun. right. And to play those two games, that's a great point, Chandler. You're playing those two games back-to-back. And and again, I go into the fact that at one time you didn't even know if you were even going to have a game last week. And then they were able to get the game against Calhoun scheduled. That's, that's a good point by you because they've now played back to back emotional games two weeks in a row. They had to do, you know, a little bit of a come from behind last week. And then the week before, you know, everything they, they put everything they had into that uh, Brentwood Academy game to try to pull it out at the end and they ran out of time. So. That's right. I mean, that's that's a good point. Now, I don't think if Macaulay plays their game, they're not going to have to put out everything in order to be able to get a win over over Knox Catholic. I, I don't. This game shouldn't come down to a last minute kind of thing like like the Brentwood Academy game, and they shouldn't be having to rally to kind of get a win um, like they did against Calhoun. Shouldn't be anything like that. They should control this game from the start.
1: Yeah, I, I think they, I mean, I think they should too, Chris. Uh, that's my only concern is you have two drain games like that, and then you turn around, you have Knox Calhoun, who's not going to be a walk in the park by any means. I don't think it's going to be one of those things you run over 56 to 7 or something like that. But, but I, I do think this game has the potential to, for, for McCauley, and you got to look back at this too, Chris, as great as that Calhoun game was to be able to play and for the area and for Tennessee bragging rights, Chris, I mean, it, it kind of, uh, was, was more hurtful than helpful to McCauley because they got a win against a team in Georgia that in in, in the long run is not going to matter toward their season other than just a win on the schedule. And maybe they could have been practicing, got a little bit more practice in for another team and, and kind of prepare for that region. But like I said, I, I, I'm glad we got the game. But then you turn around and you got this game against Knox nice Catholic, you know, it's kind of one of those things where it's great, but also every every decision has its downfall, Chris.
0: Yeah, I I think so, but again, I I think Macaulay's good enough to be able to win this game, and uh, certainly I hope that they pull it out. Chandler and I, we've got, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, we have got a lot more to go. We're still going to give you our top five for this week, both the small schools and the large school classifications we will do that. We've also got some news and notes that we are going to get to. If you're joining us on either the podcast or the radio, Hang on. We'll come back. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back on SETN Preps. Back after this.
1: Do you ever feel like your voice isn't heard when you're listening to a podcast? You want to yell, you want to scream. Or you just want to tell us that we're doing a good job or maybe we might actually be right. Imagine that. Then go to anchor.fm. You can go on the app. You can go on the website. You can go right on your phone on the browser and you can record a voice message. That's right. You can let your voice be heard on the SCTN Preps podcast. Just go to anchor.fm and go to our page SCTN Preps and you can leave a voice message and tell us what you think.
0: Chandler, I I want to get into a couple other news and notes here. And if you've got a couple of things that you want to chime in with, go ahead. But I'm going to throw a couple of things at you. Let's start with, let's start with the good first. We talked about Sequatchie County in that game against East Ridge. How about this? How about this one for your Indians? Sequatchie County has not given up a point now in eight quarters at least. They shut out Hickson and shut out Cannon County in consecutive weeks. No points allowed by Sequatchie County the last two weeks. That's got to make you feel pretty good as an Indians fan, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: it it does. Um, You know, you're you're always cautiously optimistic about your own team. But, but yeah, I I think uh, that's one of those things where you kind of look up, it's like, whoa. Um, And, Chris, I think you find these stats on Sequatchie before I ever do. I think you had like a year or two ago, you had the stat about the four teams that Sequatchie County had lost to in the year. Had like a combined four losses total, or uh, you know, going into like the, the quarterfinals. So uh, That's me. I, I it's think, it's actually it's my. I think you obs-
0: obsess over the Indians a little bit more than you should. Chris. It's it's my uh, well, it's my crack uh, research team that I, that I have that uh, works behind the scenes here, bringing all these little facts out that make me appear like I have uh, done some research. So Is that's this crack
1: research team all in your head, Chris. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's me, myself, and I. So uh, how about this one? Now let, let's get into some negatives here. Hickson has gone at least 12 quarters without scoring a touchdown. Hickson hasn't scored since week one against Brainerd. Wow. And then wow. the last thing I have this week, and again, a little bit of a negative, is Grundy County the worst team in our area? Because Grundy has been outscored through three games this year, ninety-five to three.
1: Yeah, and and the three points were in. A, and by the way, Chris, I want to say this: the three points they scored that that wasn't just a touch a, a field goal in garbage time. That was a game they could have won, too, Chris. Because that was a game of victory. oh, that's right,
0: that's right. It was six-three.
1: Six three, yeah, and uh, I think that's interesting, Chris, because you know when's the last time you saw a six three game, it's uh, been a while. and one that that could have been tied up at the end of that game, a forty something yard field goal was missed, and, and then you're out. You know, I mean it's almost like watching the Titans the other night. Ooh. Uh but that's here neither here nor there. For us, Chris, and I hate to be negative. I'm trying not to be negative. Gurney County has kind of been one of those teams where. They just not been able to get together, not really even a, a streak or you know uh, a lot of positive momentum, I should say, in the past few years. Um, I really would love to see them because when, when they are good, Chris, that place can be electric out there. And call oh, the it's fun, and, yeah, and it's fun. Yeah, it's and it's I, a I know great you've been stadium. out there before. I've yeah. been out there before. I mean, in fact, I think I, I called radio out there one year. And it was a, I think it was an overtime game. It was like 36-30 was the final score. And, uh, you know, that, that was a great game to watch. I caught it on the radio. Uh, you know, and, and little history fact there, the quarterback for Grundy County that won that game um, in overtime actually transferred to Sequatchie County the next year and won the game against Grundy <laughs> in the next season. So, a uh, little, 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 little odd history there for Grundy County, but, but yeah, I, I kind of, I'm on that same track, and, and maybe we can look at the stats and look back at this, and maybe Grundy County, you know, starts to kind of get some life. But it's just hard sometimes, especially, and I, I can say this about Grundy County because I, I've talked to coaches about this. The hard thing about Grundy County is that everything is so spread out out there. For it's different when it's a big school like a six A school and it's spread out over a county, but it's a three A school. All these elementary schools feed into it. There, there's a middle school program, but it's hard, you know, it's hard to kind of feed into it because it's across the county. You have kids that are coming, you know, maybe 30, 45 minutes away, if not farther up and around the mountains over there just to get to high school. And sometimes it can be a challenge just getting the right kids in there, especially, and I hate to say this, Chris, but, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to go to other schools, uh, you know, in the valley as far as, you know, because of addresses, because of transfers and stuff
0: like that. I almost got arrested broadcasting a game on radio it's at, at Grundy County one time but I'll that's that I'm saving that story for the book that's that's not going in the podcast at least not yet that'll that'll go in the book Grundy County though has been outscored 95 to 9 through three games so far that's that's tough Chandler let's 4-2-3 get in
1: 4 2 3 that's our new that's that's what it's going in. That's right?
0: that's that's exactly right that's exactly <laughs> right uh let's get into our our uh, rankings We'll go with our small school rankings and then our large school rankings. I forget we take turns every week. I can't remember now whose week it is to go first. So I'm going to let you go first this week. How nice of you, Chris. Yeah, um, that's me. <laughs> I'm a giver. Uh,
1: and, and talking about you know, talking about going from talking about you talking about my school, I'll talk about your school a little bit there, uh, Marion County. Um, I've got them at number five in my small school rankings. I think that they're, until proven otherwise, they're going to be in my number five teams. Uh, uh you know, I, I think they're good. I just don't know what their ceiling is. And especially with COVID, the way it's, you know, the, the COVID case, I just don't know how this season is going to turn out for them. And you wonder, Chris, with a lot of these, 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 these schools that have had a COVID case, how much, not just of the game loss or having to reschedule, how much momentum you lose when you have good games going into that. You know what I mean? Uh, I think the week before the South Pittsburgh game, they had a 49-0 win over Polk County. They really got that offense rolling, Chris. I wonder how much momentum you lose if you're Marion County when you have that kind of thing happen or any of our other area schools that we could talk about. And another one we probably have in our top five that, that has had a case, too. Um,
0: yeah. Um, here's a couple of quick thoughts on that, Chandler. One, let me say this. For all the hand-wringing that seems to be happening, that Marion County-South Pittsburgh rivalry isn't going away. They're okay, so they're not going to play it this year. But that's not going away. It's first off, it's too big of a gate. They didn't play it this year. They'll pick it back up again next year. There's no chance
1: it can be played
0: this year. I, I heard. Uh, it doesn't look like it. Doesn't look okay. like it's doesn't look like it's going to happen. This I, I thought it
1: was kind of one of those 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 offshoot kind of things because of the schedule. I, I think, and Chris, I think it's more important to get those region games in than the rivalry games because I think you got to make up one or two rival or region games if you're Marion County, depending on the, the dates and how all that falls.
0: Yeah, and it looks like Marion County is going to drop the game against Walker Valley and then add Tyner in that week where Walker Valley is so they can at least get that Tyner game played. You know, they're going to have to basically quarantine for two weeks. Um, they will have, uh, you know, uh, there's no way they can play next Friday night. I don't think. Now, supposedly, that's when South Pittsburgh wanted to play. South Pittsburgh even offered to play the game on Saturday night to give Marion County extra time to practice. Look, there's something about you're going to ask these kids to sit at home that long and then come back Mm -hmm. out and think you can practice three days and be ready to go. I I don't Mm -hmm. know that that's smart. You know, that's my opinion on it. I, I don't know if you're truly concerned about kids and their well-being and their safety, I don't know that that's the smartest way to be able to handle this. Feel the same way about this, the same way I felt about Ken Niematalo, the uh, head coach at Navy, back on Labor Day when they played BYU, and Niematalo came out and said, "Look, we didn't we didn't practice tackling. He didn't want to do that to his guys because he was worried about you know possibly spreading the virus." They go out there and get completely embarrassed. By BYU. Part of that problem was they didn't tackle. And Mm -hmm. to me, I felt like he put his guys in a much worse situation and a much more dangerous situation by going out there having not practiced tackling.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, if you you know this as well as anybody, Chandler, you take the wrong angle, you put your head the wrong way going in to make a tackle. And it can cost you. It can cost you mobility for the rest of your life. Yeah. So, again, I-, I thought that was a silly mistake by uh, the head coach at Navy. And I think what Marion County's doing, I think it's, again, if you're concerned about the kids' safety, and that needs to be number one here, then I think what they're doing is the right thing. That's my take on it. You've got them at number five. I didn't mean to hijack your poll. You go right ahead. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that soapbox is still at number four, Chris. Uh, yes. Now, one thing I was going to say on that, Chris, was I, 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 I think you're right on that on that extent. For me, I think when you think about this, not only is it a smart thing to do for the safety, but it's a smart thing to do for your season as a coach to not worry about playing that game as much as you're going to worry about playing a region game. I, I, like I said, we love that rivalry game. We'd love for it to be played, Chris. But I, this year, I, I think we're losing a lot of things. That's just one of the things that are going to have to go. I think everybody's going to have to deal with not having that rivalry. Uh, and number four, Chris, I've got Megs County quietly, quietly, quietly. Megs County is putting together one heck of a season, and I think they're going to go under our radar for a while because of that. You know, at least to that South Pittsburgh game because of the way that their schedule is and the region games and that. Uh, I think they had that they had a game canceled against Clinton. Was it this week or last week? Yeah, it was last. Uh, they week. had it. This past week. They got
0: Rockwood um, this week.
1: At number three, I've got Bledsoe County. Um, I'm still impressed with Bledsoe County. Like Chris, I can't tell you how much I was impressed seeing him in person against Tyner, how impressed I just was with the ability. Because for Bledsoe County, I, I think they always had the pieces to have a great team, but I just don't know that they were able to ever put it all together at the right time. And I think this year, you know, with what Tabor has done there, he's been able to get all those good pieces. And they've been talking about, you know, you talk about, they've been talking about Seaver and um, and, and Keith. They've been talking about them for years, even in the middle school ranks. Um, and I, I just think they're one heck of a team. And they just, they're still impressive, like, two or three weeks later, Chris. And I, and I was there to watch them. Um, they're at number three for me in the small schools. And number two, I've got South Pittsburgh, no surprise there. Uh, they, they've not had any, uh, you know, they've not had any issues with any of their opponents. And at number one, Chris, I've got uh, I've got Red Bank, and uh, that game against East Hamilton last week it just solidified what we kind of already knew.
0: Chandler, let me tell you about the two teams I have that didn't make my small school classification. Um, you have all the same as I did. Listing, right? I've got the same five. You do? I got them in slightly different order. Yeah, but I've got the same five. But let me tell you who didn't make my list: a two and one Tyner team has fallen off. They've been on here the whole time. That loss to uh, Bledsoe County kind of bumped them out, but that win last week, I, I wanted to make note of it. And then a 4-0 and Copper Basin team who, again, Copper Basin's 4-0. I don't know how much longer I can keep them out of this. I still go back to that f- puzzling 14-12 win they had against Georgia Force, whatever that is. Small school classification. Here we go. I got Marion County at number 5. Mine's basically the same as yours, but I flip flopped Meigs County and Bledsoe County. I've got Bledsoe County number four. I got Meigs County, the team that played for the Class Two A state championship last year, at number three. I've got South Pittsburgh number two, and I got Red Bank number one. Chandler, how about your large school classifications?
1: Yeah, I got a quick question for you. So, yeah. you your thought is that Meigs County and Bledsoe County if they play each other right now? Meigs County would win.
0: Yes. Okay, how much? By how much? Uh, it'd be close. I think it's a touchdown game.
1: Okay, I, I was just curious. I, I wondered how close that margin was between those two for you, because uh, you, because I think I think we we both I think maybe Chris and I'm gonna I, I would put a bet on this, but I'm not a betting man. I would say after you see that Sequatchie County game, I think you may flip your rankings around. That's just me, though. Okay. Um, All right, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, at number five in the large pool, I. There's going to be some people that are going to look at me. Listen, East Hamilton still as good as East Hamilton is. Uh, I've got them at number five. I know it's a little bit surprising after that loss. I saw them. Listen, let me tell you something. I didn't really get to talk about this a whole lot because I was talking about Red Bay because they were so uh, – they weren't dominant in that game, but they were – on the defensive line, they were dominant. Um, Haynes Eller is legit, and I know you've said this for a while, Chris, and I know maybe it's just because I'm you know, I've, – I've got that uh, that northern kind of that uh, hiatus I had last year, didn't really get to watch a lot of high school football in our area, but by golly, uh, Haynes Eller is, is legit, Haynes Eller is one of the better, one of the best quarterbacks in our area, you know, golly, I mean the things he was able to do, not just the fact that that he was able to pass, but the way he was able to pass, he was able to, to make like, uh, it, one of the plays looked like one of those uh, Joe Burrow plays where he was throwing, like, falling and throwing it and made the, the, the pass as the defensive line was coming after him. Uh, a few more of those plays, Chris, uh, one or two more of those plays, they might have won that game. Uh, but he was just really, really impressive to me uh, and what he was able to do and the weapons he's got, Chris. Uh, but enough enough on my East Hampton soapbox. I'm sure you'll get on that here in a little bit. At number four, I've got Bradley Central. I, I think that game against Bairdon, it really impressed me because usually those kind of games just stay tight. They were kind of able to kind of get to that game, keep it close, and then just kind of extend that lead. Uh, for me, I, I think Bradley Central is still impressive. I, I think maybe this team is rallying a lot better. Not that they didn't rally behind their quarterback, whatever, but I think now when it's that next-man-up mentality, it's kind of turns into instead of us against everybody, it turns into us against the world. And, you know, it it, it amps everybody up, especially in practice, Chris. So I think that Bradley Central is still legit. I think they could be one of these teams that at the end of the season, we look back and we say, man, they were surprising. I think more than anything, they were just able to finish this year, especially in these early games. And I think that's what's going to make the difference for them when they get to the playoffs is can they finish those games because that's been their kind of Achilles heel in the playoffs uh, in the past few years. At number three, I've got their uh, region rival, I should say, in our area, which is McMinn County. Uh, impromptu rival here in the past few years. I think McMinn County is as impressive as any team. And at number two, I've got McCauley. Number one, I've got Baylor. No surprise. I think Baylor is the best team. Uh, I know is the defending, you know, you know, uh, state champion. I know they've had the game against Calhoun. They lost against Brentwood Academy, who is a really good team. Right now, until proven otherwise, Baylor is my number one team, and I think they're better than McCauley. And I know we'll get the answer to that later this season when they play, but right now, Baylor is my number one team.
0: So there you go. That's your large school classification, huh? Yeah. All right. Let me give you mine. We, uh, oh we differ. Oh, dear. <laughs> we differ. We differ on a couple. Um, which I didn't Ooh. think that we would. If you're not familiar with how we do this, the small schools are 1A, 2A, and 3A, and then the large schools are 4A, 5A, 6A, and then all of the privates. So that's how we set this thing up. I've got one school on the outside of the large school classification. That's Bradley Central. They're off to a 3 and one start. I know they're in your top five. I've got them just outside. At number five, I'm going Ray County. Number four, I've got East Hamilton. Number three, I've got the defending state champion, the Macaulay Blue Tornado. At number two, I've got McMinn County. I agree with you, Chandler. I think if McMinn County can find a little bit of something in the passing game, they've got a chance to be, this is a really good team. they got an outstanding running back. They've got a mammoth offensive line. And if they can get just a, and and they're getting good quarterback play. Yeah. Just give me a little bit more something in the passing game, and I'm going to be all about McMinn County. I've got him number two right now, and I've got Baylor as my number one team. So that's uh, that's my top five: Baylor, McMinn County, McCauley, Ham, and Ray County. That's the way I've got. It. So,
1: so you're convinced that if McMinn County and McCauley played right now, I'm County not saying that, that
0: now. I didn't say that. Well, that's what your Ravens are saying. Well, have that's, to say it that's, that's what your that's, are saying. That's not. That's not. <laughs> That's not it. It's not. It's not how I do things, Chandler.
1: And, and by the way, I will say this: I did have uh, Ray County like they would. If, if there was another team that was going to hit that, uh, if there was a top six, Ray County would be that number six team. I went back and forth on trying to get uh, East Hamilton or Ray County in my top five, and I just went with with, with East Hamilton there, um, not because I don't think Ray is a good team. I just think East Hamilton's still so impressive. I mean, if anything, that Red Bank game just showed me, Chris, that. Golly, they're still
0: one of the best teams in the area. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't look. Uh, I'm not going to fault East Hamilton for losing to what I think is a you know a state title contender in in Red Bank. I'm not going to. Who we had his
1: number one in our small school rankings too. Yeah,
0: and I, I'm not going to punish East Hamilton for that. I'm not going to punish them, uh, you know, for losing to a team that I think by losing by what was it a three point game, four point game. Yeah. Whatever it was, I'm not going to fault them for losing, uh, to, in a tight game to a team that I think is a state title contender in 3A and a team that I'll say it again. That's the best defensive line in high school football I think I've ever seen. So, yeah. All right. That's going to wrap it up for us this week here on SCTN Preps. Unless Chandler's got something else. You got something else? Cause I've, I've emptied the tank here. I'm all out of, you know, I've, I've dropped enough nuggets about, you know, Sequatchie County to hopefully make you happy for this week, and and I got yeah, nothing Chris, else.
1: Yeah, I think all we're going to have to do is we're going to start putting out a bingo board for the fans, and one of those items is going to be uh, uh, Chris throws out a ridiculous Sequatchie County stat, and Chandler goes to his soapbox for ten minutes.
0: Sounds like a uh, sounds like an SETN preps drinking game if we. <laughs> If, if, if we were down with such things, but we're not, we don't encourage that. So anyway, enjoy the high school football this week. Appreciate you guys listening. I tell you, our numbers on this podcast have like exploded here over the last couple of weeks. So whoever you are, wherever you are, wherever you're coming from, we certainly, certainly thank you. We've even got people that listen to this podcast in Iceland. So I don't know who Ireland. it is, Ireland ireland i don't know who it is in ireland that is listening to set Preps. shout out to you if you'll drop us a uh, drop us a line on uh you know on facebook or uh or, or, or anchor a voice message yeah a voice maker a uh, voice message at anchor.fm something we will we will make sure that we salute uh, whoever's listening to us in Ireland. But again, we are certainly glad to have all of you along with us. And I know we hear from, you know, at least one or two of you every week about something from this podcast. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whether you agree or disagree, it doesn't matter. We're just having fun and, and we appreciate that you guys, uh, have fun listening to it. So it's going to do it for us. Enjoy your Friday night football. It's not a great slate of games this week. But get out and enjoy it. If you don't have a team, go find a team. Go adopt one and uh, enjoy some Friday night football. Weather Friday night, if we don't get any of this rain coming up out of the Gulf, I think we're going to have a really pleasant couple of days. So should be, could be really nice out. So go enjoy some football. Chandler and I are back with our next podcast on Monday. Until then, stay safe, wash your hands. So long, everybody. Do you ever feel
1: like your voice isn't heard when you're listening to a podcast? You want to yell, you want to scream, or you just want to tell us that we're doing a good job, or maybe we might actually be right? Imagine that. Then go to anchor.fm. You can go on the app, you can go on the website, you can go right on your phone on the browser, and you can record a voice message. That's right. You can let your voice be heard on the SCTN Preps podcast. Just go to anchor.fm and go to our page, SCTN Preps, and you can leave a voice message and tell us what you think